Welcome back to the Mouth and Off show, the flagship show for Mouth and Off Sports. Make sure you tune in to all the other pods. You got Fixing the Talk Sports with Ryan Brown and new co-host DS, although he didn't show up to the last recording. Tough, hate to see it. You've got Zach, Mike, and DR on Foxborough Files. Yikes, I started on that one. And you've got Nick and Jonathan on The Cool Zone, which will be getting back into the swing of things here sooner than later. But we are here today to talk week three we'll recap and make some week four picks uh let's just let's just go right to the patriots game uh man not ideal not what you wanted to see in a matchup with the saints and Jameis winston uh where do we even begin uh jonathan Thoughts on the Pats game this past Sunday? Yeah, ugly game. You got a – I know we'll get to it later. You got a, a bit of a juggernaut coming in this weekend. Uh, I'd be pretty I'd be pretty nervous. Just I didn't really see anything that was particularly good. Offense has been bad. I think the offense has been bad, honestly, the whole year. They just really struggled to score points. They moved the ball okay here and there, but, I mean, they just – it's like they get a first down and then they just stall like over and over and over again. Defense has had some flashes. Um, the Jets game is a, is shouldn't even count. I mean, the Jets, I, I think the Jets are the way I've seen them perform against the other teams. They, they look like they might be an all time uh, bad team this year. So I think that was just you had to gift that you get to play them twice. It should be two wins, but I don't put much stock into anyone's performance in that game. And then the two other games, like the defense has been okay, but when you need them most, both in Miami and against New Orleans, you need to stop. You know, you're down one score in the fourth quarter, and they just get they just get ran over. I mean, they have this long drive. It's not like like that New Orleans touchdown to end the game. That was a long, clock-consuming, game-killing drive. And Miami, too, there was like, what, like four minutes or so, three and a half? It wasn't this one first down, the game's over. They needed to get like two or three first downs and they just ran over. It wasn't even particularly close. Um, and it's just, they haven't been able to get off the field when they need to. And it's just across the board. I mean, even special teams been bad. They got pump locked, just bad football, very bad football. Yeah. Uh, I have to agree with you there, Zach. Uh, I know you'll be talking about this, uh, the, the Patriots performance against the saints on Foxborough files sooner than later. Uh, but give me, give me some initial reactions, some thoughts on what you saw this past Sunday. They suck. It's a, it's an, it's a dumpster fire. Um, Mac has been just, eh, like he, not pushing the ball down the field. He's hitting the short stuff fine. Um, run game was non-existent this weekend. Damian Harris looked good the first couple weeks and then disappeared, uh, partly due to game script and game flow, but you need more out of him. Uh, losing James White, obviously a huge, huge loss for that passing game. And Mac, who's been dumping it off a lot to James White, Missed him dearly. Uh, Brandon Bolden got a lot of run for some ungodly reason. I guess they like him in pass pro, but 
JJ Taylor hopefully can step up because Brandon Bolden ain't it whatsoever. And to echo what Jonathan said, I mean, they bring in a fucking God. Why am I blanking on who's the quarter, the running quarterback for the Saints? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. They bring him in. We know they're running the ball, and they still get fucking run over. Like it's it's embarrassing to watch that. Um, and if you're a Pats fan, go run and hide. If you can find a good line on the Bucks, for some reason, <laughs> DR and I got it at minus six a couple days ago or yesterday. So if you can get that, fucking hammer it and just go cry yourself to sleep. Yeah. The, the big takeaway for me is that this is not going to be uh, a quick transition back to relevancy for the Patriots under Mac Jones. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone thought that they were just going to be instant, uh, instantly a, a contender with Mac Jones replacing Cam Newton, but I don't know if people necessarily thought it was going to be this uh, bad, at least record-wise. He, he's, he's, like you said, Zach, he's been, he's been perfectly fine hitting those underneath routes, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. A lot of the times he's forced to just because the pressure gets to him quickly. Uh, and that's a product of the O-line having some struggles here early on. And part of that is due to injury. Uh, but outside of some, some stretches in the Miami game in the season opener, stretching the ball downfield has just been a major issue with this passing game. And I feel like it, it, it's, it's what it's starting to do is it's affecting the running game. Now people are just loading the box. They're, they're saying they're just daring you to take shots down the field. And what happened? Mac Jones throws three picks today or last Sunday against the saints. Uh, they've got to develop a down the field passing game. It doesn't even have to be the kind of bomb, like 70 yard bomb shots uh, that you see other teams cooking up, but they've got to have some sort of intermediate passing game that can widen and stretch the field and force the defense to respect the passing game. Because if if the defenses don't feel threatened by Mac Jones and what he can do, then they'll just sit tight and load up the box and the offense, what you, what you're seeing and the offense is just, we're going to be lucky to get 20 points a week. And that's going to put way too much pressure on the defense as good as it is. And when you're turning the ball over as much as you did on this past Sunday, you really don't give yourself much of a chance to win. Yeah, if you want to do a little bright spot, Kendrick Bourne did that a little bit last week where he – and the intermediate stretched him a little bit, made a couple nice catches. But other than that, he's kind of been non-existent. And then where have the tight ends been? Where are they? And- John Smith played like 20 snaps less than Hunter Henry too last week. What the fuck is going on with those two guys? Just non-existent, not in the game plan whatsoever. Yeah, that's – that's just a, a development that needs to change ASAP. You did not spend all that money to bring in the uh, 12 personnel that Mike Ayula uh, loves to talk about so dearly. Oh, you'll be hearing about that, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Um, but if you're, if you're going to invest that much money into trying to fix your tight end position because you haven't been able to do so through the draft, you got to incorporate them into the game plan somewhat. 
I don't know if John Smith was just in the doghouse or if he was dinged up or what, but he was totally off off the radar. Hunter Henry at least got six targets and caught five of them, but 36 yards is absolutely nothing to brag about. I'll I'll give you that. Bourne and Jacoby Myers each showed a little bit um, with some deep plays. Uh, Bourne had the 31 yard. I think that was the touchdown catch. Um, and then Jacoby Myers had a, a, a deep pass for 27 yards, but that's, I, I just feel like they haven't been able to do that consistently at all. And that was really the first two times where you really saw that down the field stretch. Um, we need, we need to see more of that. And yeah, I mean, we definitely need to see the defense step up in clutch situations more, uh, for sure. Uh, it's not that they're letting up a ton of points because, they obviously they squashed the jets, but like Jonathan said, you can't really put much stock into that. Anyone should be able to do that, but they only let up 21 points. Cause there was a pick six. Uh, and then they let up 17 against the dolphins. So the defense in terms of the scoreboard has been pretty good, but when the offense is doing what it's doing, you, you need the defense to kind of step up, especially when that's sort of your focal point of the team. Biggest bright spot, Nick Folk. That old, <laughs> that old fucking man. Oh. Just kicking field goals how, left how, and right. He was a team MVP last year, so it looks like he's trying to go back-to-back on a crab team. MVP, MVP. How, how does it always circle back to Nick Folk? Because <laughs> he's nasty. Oh, jeez. All right, but let's uh, – I think we've talked enough about the – Pat Saints matchup. Let's let's get into a little bit of the the week that was uh, this past week three. Uh, with Jonathan, was there a game or a team player, anything that really stuck out to you this past week? Um, what stuck out to me was actually the game last night. I don't know. Maybe it's because I it was the only game on, and I did watch it basically start to finish. But Dallas looked formidable. Uh, you know, they played the Bucks close week one. That came down to the wire. Then they went out to L.A., played a good Chargers team that looked that win looks even better now after what the Chargers did this past weekend. Um, and then they just they beat the bag out of, out of the Eagles last night. I think the Eagles might be like just not a good team, um, clearly. But I think they're here. I mean, everyone knows on paper their offense is should be really good. Um, even without Mike, even without your guy, Ryan, Michael Gallup, uh, inactive because he's hurt, <laughs> but the defense has been better too for them. So I think that they should be a formidable team. Um, I feel like I, and kind of like the national storyline has been like the Cowboys, like should be good. Like the Cowboys are going to be good. This is the year the Cowboys are good. Um, but this might finally be the year that the Cowboys are actually kind of good because they're not also they're not completely relying on that fat bust. They got Tony Pollard too, who's maybe the best backup running back in football. He's nasty. Zach, what about you? Anything that stuck out to you in week three? Uh for me, I think it, it's the Rams. Uh beating my Brady. Rams. Your Rams. Beating Brady by 10. Uh Matt Stafford, man. The change of scenery for him has been done wonders. I mean, another four touchdowns on Sunday he very well could be the MVP this year. 
uh, with the way he's started out in that Rams offense. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, who I didn't even know was on the fucking team, just coming out of nowhere, still running past people with ease. Um, that was fun to see. And who needs Daryl Henderson when you get Sonny Michael as your number one running back? So the Rams were That's very impressive to me on Sunday. And man, they got a chance to do things. Yeah, I'm very glad I won that burrito bet. Shout out DS for <laughs> trying to go against me in Mortal Locks. You hate to see it. Uh, also, shout out you, Zach, for winning your uh, voluntold burrito bet with. Thank you. Jonathan. Thank you. Suck it, Jonathan. Nah. Yeah. Um, outside of like the obvious storyline for week three, which is the fact that the Chiefs are one and two after losing at home to the Chargers and now sit in last place, sole last place of the AFC West three weeks in. I think that's that's, that's obviously mind boggling in itself. But I'm going to focus on another team from that division. I think the Raiders are, are showing that they, they are maybe legit this year. My Raiders. No. Your Raiders. My look, Raiders. Look, no. It's only three games in, and I, I still look, I still need some time here. But they beat Pittsburgh, they beat Baltimore, and then they hung on and won an overtime game against the Dolphins. And I know the Dolphins are one and two. The Steelers, I still think, are trash, but and they're one and two, but they beat the Ravens as well. And I still think the Ravens and even the Steelers for that matter are potential playoff teams. Uh, so I really think that they've shown themselves to be very uh, competent this year at, at the least Derek Carr is hot. That man is throwing for like 400 yards a game practically through three weeks. It's uh, it's great to see him back. I mean, they, they pulled Peyton Barber from God knows whatever <laughs> practice squad or whatever alleyway, and he gives them 111 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Like, they, they've got things going. They've got something going in Vegas. I don't know what. Something might be in the air. Who knows? But the Raiders off to a hot 3-0 start as well. And then uh, I think we'd be, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the Sunday night game where Aaron Rodgers just finds a way with 30 seconds left to get his team from like the 25 in the field goal range for a Mason Crosby game winning field goal to give the 49ers their first loss. How things have changed in two weeks time. We were talking about how lifeless and how the Packers might be just screwed. It might be Jordan love time. And just like that, they just needed a matchup with those, those, those pesky lions. Uh, and now they're, they're playing, they get the win in San Francisco and Packers season might be back on. If you, if you didn't write them off after week one, can we talk about how Devonte Adams got absolutely lit the fuck up and then just he's back in the next play. Yeah, whatever concussion evaluation is needs to be like triple, like quadruple checked. Like yeah, the, the 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 shot they showed on TV, his eyes were like going different directions. Dude doesn't know what planet he's on, and then he's back in two plays later. What is going on? Yeah, I don't know how that happened. Jonathan, you, you're you're a medical expert. You 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 can probably tell us, right? Uh, in the, I think you need to call uh, 
Merguis asked for uh, his humble opinion. Ah, friend as, of the show, Merguis. Yeah, he's a known uh, diagnoser, uh, expert track record on his diagnoses when it comes to injuries. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's pretty much it. The Jets are a dumpster fire. The Steelers are frauds. And the Colts, 0-3 to start their season after losing on the road to Tennessee. That's Indy might yeah, be in a, I need to figure that out. Yeah, Indy's in a tough spot. Uh, but let's look forward now to week four. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll save the, the Sunday night game. The, in particular for the end here but is there a game that catches either of your eyes jonathan i'll start with you well i i already mentioned dallas but um this carolina at dallas game your three and oh panthers playing your two and one cowboys this is a sneaky like i don't i think when they made the schedule you know i don't think really many people like circled this game but this is a sneaky pretty good game at least on paper I know Christian McCaffrey's hurt, which we'll have to see how that affects the Panthers um, offense. But Sam Darnold looks like he's rounding into shape. Um, You know, getting out of Adam Gase's shadow is probably does wonders for him because he's such a horrifically horrible, horrible coach. Um, But this should be a good game. You know, I'm excited to see how it goes. Um, could be some offense in it, um, and we'll see how the Panthers look without uh, Chris McCaffrey. Because if they can keep this game close, I don't even need the Panthers to win this game, you know, Sands McCaffrey. But if they can keep it close, you know, take it to the fourth quarter, that at least would prove to me that they're a legit team and Sam Darnold's rise is here, and it's going to just continue to go up. Or Sam Darnold, excuse me. Thank you. Sam Thank Darnold. you. I appreciate the <laughs> pronunciation. Uh, Zach, what, what game sticks out to you on the slate here? Um, well, I was just talking about the Rams. So you got the Cardinals going to the Rams uh, this weekend. Nice little 405 start. Um, Kyler Murray's been as hot as any quarterback in the league. Uh, so let's see if he can do it against an actual defense in the Rams. And we'll see what both these teams are actually made of. I know we saw the Rams beat the Bucks last week, but Kyler Murray is a different animal from Tom Brady uh, just with his running and everything. And they got a lot of good wide receivers there in Arizona. So that one should be a lot of fun. should be a lot of points scored in that one. Yeah, I would love to see a shootout in that one. I'm excited for both of the NFC West uh, divisional matchups, the Seahawks and 49ers as well. I, I've been – me and Diaz have been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. I, I personally think – the NFC West is the best division in football. Uh, if you even if you take records out of the picture, I think those are the four very talented teams, and you wouldn't be surprised if any of them came out atop that division. Uh, but the the late afternoon slate in general is is really interesting. I, I think the matchup for me to watch is Denver hosting the Ravens, and Denver is three and zero. You're, but they've played literally nobody. They've played both New York teams who are winless, and they've played Jacksonville, who Trevor Lawrence is leading the league in turnovers. So they haven't really been challenged or even threatened yet. But now you get Lamar Jackson, MVP caliber quarterback coming into town, and we're really going to see what the Denver Broncos are made of this week uh, going up against that vaunted Ravens rush attack. 
Um, but even uh, even the other late afternoon game, Packers Steelers Steelers, that's a big game for them on the road in Green Bay. Uh, if if they're not able to f- pull a win out there, they're one in three, chasing the likes of the Browns and Ravens. So uh, that they they don't want to fall too far behind in that division. Yeah, Steelers suck. Big Ben, it's uh might be yeah. a, it's a good time for him to just hang him up. Uh, yeah, let's let's move on, Ben. I think that it's game's time. gonna be a gonna be a, a blowout. I do too. Jonathan, didn't you say you were like super high on Ben Roethlisberger this year? We, uh, uh, Zach and I were both high going huh. uh, on Ben Roethlisberger, but look, wow, just gotta throw me under the bus, huh? Well, I mean, he's just dragging you with you. Yeah, I'm just looking. Misery loves company, you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened. I mean, I guess he, I guess he's washed. I guess he's washed. I mean, I try to tell. I hope you got. I hope you got Najee in fantasy because he's dumping him off to him like literally a gazillion times a game. Yeah. Um, PPR God now. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, I guess. I guess he wasn't rejuvenated. It wasn't his final, one last dance. Uh, yeah, he's washed. Steelers are Steelers are awful. They're yeah. they're they're probably the worst team in that division, and I don't I don't think the Bengals are all that good. But uh, I definitely don't think the Bengals are good. <laughs> Two and one is just a benefit of the schedule that they played mm-hmm. early on. And a, a Thursday night matchup against the Jaguars uh, should only should only aid that record. Um, but let's get into some week four picks here. Let's start with our fantasy love and our fantasy hate. The fantasy love we'll start with first. Zach, who is your fantasy love for week four? Oh boy, that's tough. Do I keep going with the trend if I pick somebody who I'm playing against and then they don't do good? I mean, it's been working. So let's see, Mike Barry, tough matchup. <laughs> you know, he's got this bum, Aaron Jones. Just kidding, not a bum. He's my absolute fantasy love. He's going to dominate the Pittsburgh Steelers. They fucking suck. Aaron Jones is going to go off this weekend. Classic reverse jinx psychology here. Uh, Jonathan, who's your fantasy love this week? Well, uh, Zach's kind of mentioned it. As someone who governs him in fantasy, uh, I'm going with my fantasy love as Matthew Stafford this week. That's a fast track in L.A. Uh, Points, points, points. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, Stafford's going to light it up again. Rams are probably going to come out victorious. Another probably three or four tutties for Stafford, 350-plus yards. Uh, you know, he's going to be a, another solid, great QB1, somewhere between, like, 22 and 28 points this week, fantasy-wise. Yeah, I, uh, I'm just going to let you know I tried that in week two and uh, didn't work out so well as Matt Stafford was, like, QB17 that week when I called was- for, like, QB1 numbers. Nasty like- last weekend. Yeah, so uh, good luck to you on that. Thank my, you. F- my, my fantasy love is also a quarterback, but I'm looking at Taylor Heineke, the quarterback for the football team. He's performed really well from, at least from a fantasy perspective, ever since taking over for Garbage time. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Don't matter how you get him, as long as you get him. He's going up against a very vulnerable Falcons defense that's been generous 
so far to quarterbacks this year as they typically seem to be every year. Uh, they're ranked the, – they're the third most generous in terms of point, allowing points to fantasy quarterbacks. And he's actually still available in 95% of ESPN leagues entering week four. So uh, if you need a uh, fill-in quarterback for some reason, maybe you uh, thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be your guy or, or whatnot, uh, Heineke could be a very solid uh, fill-in. I think he could put up quarterback one numbers this week. And if you're in a two-quarterback league and he's available, I would definitely scoop him up. And he's definitely worth a QB2 play for sure. So I should go. So I should go pick him up in the sleeper league. That's what you're telling me? Yes. Harvey's league. I thought All about right. it. I thought about right, it. Ryan. I ain't gonna lie, right, Ryan. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie. I thought about All right, it, Ryan. I'll take. I'll take your word for it. I, put, I just put it in a claim for him. Just All right. Let it. Letting everybody know in the sleeper league, I put in a claim for Taylor Heineke. Love it. Uh, let's talk fancy hate since uh, DS did not even submit his picks. Uh, let's talk fancy. Hate my fancy hate this week is going to be for Brandon cooks, a wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Look, he's been off to an incredibly hot start despite Tyrod Taylor going down with a hamstring injury in week two and rookie Davis mills taking over, but this really isn't a good matchup going up against a Buffalo defense that has absolutely kept opponents, top receivers in check so far this season. And uh, I, I just don't see how this this hot stretch can continue much longer. And I really think week four is the, the week where Brandon Cooks comes down to earth big time. He's sitting as the sixth best receiver in fantasy so far through the first weeks, three weeks of the season. I don't see how he can keep that up again. Uh, so if you're expecting big things from Brandon Cooks again, because that's what you've seen so far, uh, you might want to double check yourself. He is a garbage time king. That he is. Jonathan, give me your fantasy hate. Uh, my fantasy hate this week is a guy that I've seen. He's You probably got him starting in your flex spot if you got him starting. And that is uh, Giants wide receiver Kenny Galladay. He's, they're playing the New Orleans this week. He's going to get absolutely clamped by Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, he's washed. He's hurt. He's washed and he's hurt. And he's just, he's going to do nothing this week. I bench him. Do not start him in your leagues. Uh, He's doing nothing this week against New Orleans. You're better off, honestly, trying to find someone on like the waiver wire. If you really need to play for a wide receiver um, versus starting him, he's going to be, he's going to be trash this week. Zach, give me your fantasy hate this week. Uh, That would be a, Tight end, uh, Mr. Mark Andrews finally got over 100 yards last week after having 77 in the first two weeks combined. Uh, you saw Hollywood Brown drop three touchdowns, I think, and like four or five balls overall that would have taken away some of Andrews' yardage. Uh, should be a tough game in Denver. Denver likes to run the ball a lot. We know Baltimore likes to run the ball as well, so I don't see this being a particularly high-scoring or high octane game in which they need to throw the ball to Andrews a lot. He hasn't found the end zone yet, which was kind of the calling card for him the past couple of seasons. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with Bob Tunyon that they just score touchdowns and get a lot of points that way. 
So if you have Mark Andrews, I'd be a little worried about him this weekend, but you probably don't have a better option. So you're probably starting him, but just be ready for a letdown. Agreed. So let's, let's move on to last but not least our mortal locks of the week. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Zach and I won our head to head matchups with DS and Jonathan respectively. Uh, so Zach, I'll uh, let you start. What's your mortal lock this week? Oh, mortal. The easy, I'll just take the easiest game of the week. Thank you for starting with me. That is that Tom Brady is going to come into New England and absolutely <laughs> butt fuck the Patriots. Six and a half point. Are you kidding me? This line should be at least 12 and a half. It's this is absurd, if not 14. Um, they have no answer for high octane offense like this, this is going to be an absolute blowout. Put, put the whole house on it, put the kids on it, put the cars, everything, put it on Tampa Bay. Easy. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I want to, I want to play devil's advocate. Literally can't literally can't Jonathan, literally. give me your mortal lock. Yeah. I, I agree with Zach as well on the Bucks, but uh, my moral lock is, Owen three Indianapolis traveling south to Miami. This is a must win game for my Colts, for my guy, for my guy, Carson Wentz. This is a must win playing a Dolphins team. One and two Jacoby Brissett starting Jacoby Brissett is I'm sorry. He's not a good quarterback. You're not sorry. The Dolphins are not that good of a team. My Colts are going in. They're getting one and a half. They are plus one and a half. I like them with the money line, but I'll just take them with the points. Colts plus one and a half. Mortal lock this week in a must win game. Get right game for Jonathan Taylor. Yep, exactly. We love that. He needs Uh, to catch some passes now, too. Fendi. Uh, I'm going to go with the Vegas Raiders plus three and a half against the LA Chargers. Raiders. I, from what I know that the Chargers are coming off that impressive win in Kansas City and Arrowhead, but was anyone really talking about the Chargers being legit before that? And now the Chiefs are, are struggling here, one and two. And, and now it's like, oh, the Chargers are legit this year. And I even I myself went into that game thinking, like, if the Chargers beat them, they're legit. But the way that they beat them, where they were the Chargers were seemingly trying to hand that game away multiple times, and the Chiefs just couldn't capitalize. Like, I don't know how how I feel about it. a win is a win, but I, like I said earlier, I, li- I really like what I've seen from the Raiders so far. That offense is absolutely clicking. And the- they're getting three and a half on the road in L.A. on Monday night. The Raiders are 42-29 and one all-time on Monday night. So give me the Raiders straight up. I don't even need the points. Give me the Raiders Sheesh. straight up against the Chargers. Sheesh. All right, then give me the Colts straight up. F the points. I'll just, I'll just take the cold. Yeah, F, F the, the minus one and a half. Like, congratulations. Yeah. Bro. So yeah, when the when the Dolphins win by one point, I'll be I'll be really upset. Yeah. 
yeah when they tie you'll be really upset <laughs> yeah um but i think we should wrap up with uh a quick little preview of patriots and bucks i think zach has made his thoughts abundantly clear on what he sees happening this sunday night at foxborough when tom brady makes his return to new england so jonathan i'll let you i'll let you get some thoughts in on what you think or what you expect to happen this sunday i expect the coin toss uh, the Bucks to call heads, they win, they defer. The Patriots get the ball, they go three and out, they punt. The Bucks get the ball, they go drive down the field, score seven nothing. Kick back to the Patriots. Patriots get one first down, then they punt. Bucks go back fourteen nothing. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Patriots eventually score a few points. Final, I'll go thirty-eight. Uh, 16. Jesus. I was uh, going to go 42, 17. So pretty close. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think it's think, double digits at least definitely double digits. Yeah. yeah. Like Zach saying that's that minus six and a half line is absolutely absurd for this one. Uh, I feel like they're almost giving Bill Belichick way too much credit here for finding a way to stop Tom Brady and at least keep it somewhat close. Otherwise, this this should absolutely be approaching a two-touchdown score line. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too optimistic about this one either. Uh, the only thing that the, the Patriots can say they have going for them is that the Bucs have allowed the most passing yards of any team through three weeks, and... Uh, so if the Patriots can't get their passing attack going this week, I know this is still a Super Bowl caliber defense, uh, especially if, if they can get back to the way they were playing during that playoff run last year. Uh, but this, you might want to take advantage of uh, a pass defense that is clearly struggling, whether it's due to injury or not. And if they can't do it now, if Mac can't handle the pressure, I get it. But if, if they can't, if they can't capitalize now, this, this game is absolutely going to get out of hand. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty much on the same boat as you guys. This is going to be like a 33 to like 13 type of game here. The The Patriots will be, the Patriots will be lucky if they put up mid twenties and are anywhere within two touchdowns of the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, if they keep within 20 points, I'll be happy. <laughs> you won't go weeping to bed. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm already expecting the outcome, so I won't be weeping yeah. either way. Um, the only reason I'll be weeping is if they actually cover the spread and then DNR and I, I lose a bunch of money. But other than that, be all right. Yeah, I'm not to steal a little bit of thunder here, but I am looking forward to the next Foxborough files here because – I need to hear if DR still thinks the Patriots can beat the Bucks, like he said in uh, the Foxborough Files uh, season preview show for the Pats. Uh, don't think he, uh, don't think he's gonna be singing the same tune. After we we'll listen to find out, that we will. But I, I think that's gonna do it for this episode of the Mouth and Off Show. Do you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap up here? Yeah, fuck Duke. Yep, saw that one coming. Nobody is shocked whatsoever. I'm not even offended. Jonathan? Uh, Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. Top five team in the country. Thank you. 
Thank going you. To, going big, to that. Big. Going. Big. I'm going to their game on Friday. So love uh, it. I if they lose, uh, I'm sorry. You're not. You sorry. tend to you tend to break teams. So I, I'm nervous. I am nervous. <laughs> You're a breaker. I, I'm nervous for them this week. I am not gonna lie. I saw them play in Maryland before. And they got smacked around. So well, you're going to Maryland? Yeah. Just cause? Um, I'm going with my grandfather and then my uncle uh, who lives down in DC. So we're staying with him. Love it. All right. So I think that's going to do it for Zach, Jonathan, and Absent DS. I am your host, Ryan. We'll see you next week. Go to.